Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Psychiatria, the show where we explore true healing and everything that might mean. I am Danny, your host, guide, and fellow human on this journey. And today we've got the second part of my delightfully nerdy conversation with Dr. Brandon Younger. So we do jump right back into this conversation today, so make sure that you've listened to our previous episode called Discovering Integrative Physical Therapy. Um, That'll help everything today make a lot more sense. So be sure you do that before you go any further. But the short version is that Brandon is an integrative physical therapist who has followed the call of the universe to learn many different modalities, including acupressure, dry needling, and energy work. In this second half of our conversation, we talk about the part of his journey that led him to learn about shamanism and shamanic teaching how he brought that into his practice, and eventually starting his own integrated physical therapy practice called Step Forward Wellness. So without further ado, let's get started. Here now, you, uh, in this point in the story, you are in the kind of typical physical therapy practice. You're utilizing acupuncture or not acupuncture, acupressure, um, dry needling, craniosacral therapy, these kinds of things. Um, and then what happens? Uh, so I'm actually going to go back a little bit further because before I learned the needling, I was starting to become exposed to shamanic things. Okay. I just didn't know what they were. Got it. Um, I didn't find out like, well, maybe I did. It was probably around the same time I learned the needling that I started learning like what shamanism even is and spiritual healing and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but what was happening is so I was in a traditional setting and, you know, I'm using all of these different skills. There's, I was at a point where in my head, I'm like, are they a regular musculoskeletal or are they something different where I need to use these other sets of tools? Mm. And when the other sets of tools, it was acupressure, it was craniosacral, uh, it was uh, meditation teaching. Mm-hmm. So and just really just breathing. And so that was like, somebody's tricky. I got to take them down this nervous system road. If somebody's not tricky. We're going to do musculoskeletal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what started to happen was I started to like sense things, you know, that I couldn't quite make sense of like, like they're in our room. It was not just me and the person. There was like something else that seemed like it was there. Um, or I'd start to sense, like I started just knowing what energy was, that it was a thing that I could think about. And I started to perceive like this denser, darker energy was seemed to collect from in a person's body at what I now would call heart chakra. And then it would lift out and then the room would start to get brighter and that brightness would take place of where that, that darkness was. Hmm. And I was like, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> Did that like freak you out at all? Maybe. Uh, a little bit. The one that freaked me out that really stands out in my head was I had this older lady who had like migraines for 30 years and we started talking about, we would talk about her husband a lot, but there was one day where I was like, I don't know how else to explain it, but her, your husband, her, I didn't say it to her, but I was like, her husband's here, you mm. know? And I could almost like see him in my mind yeah. and stuff like that. Had he, had he a, passed? Yeah, he had passed. Okay. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that links up with the, sh- the shamanic yeah, stuff, totally, right? Because totally. we're bridging the gap into the spiritual world. Um, and so I felt like that stuff, you know, I look back on it, my, my quote unquote health condition was, I saw the light, 
and I was literally seeing the light. Mm. Like this is my path as a healer being laid out in front of me with these various steps along the way. So yeah, and I would start to, once I got more comfortable with it and whatever I was seeing, I would start to ask questions about like, I, I remember asking one person, like she was talking, like I was like, oh, did he kind of look like this or did he wear glasses or just something that was showing up for me <laughs> and started to become like, check, that's correct, check, that's correct. Wow. Um, so using the scientific method <laughs> to right. try and uh, to try and understand <laughs> like the spiritual thing that's happening, yeah. which uh which I think is why I'm here in the first place yeah. is to help bridge that gap. Well, and um, I just love how um, I feel like there's a lot of people out there, especially who come from like a rigid scientific, show me the facts, only the facts kind of background, mm-hmm. like who would just shut that down? You know, they'd be like, yeah. I'm my brain's just making things up, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you, it seems like have kind of always been open to it to some degree uh, like that is just kind of you just become like more and more and more open to it as you've learned and experienced more and once you've once once you feel it yeah. you know you can't deny it like there's some other explanation like nobody can explain this thing that i experienced so what is a possible explanation mm-hmm. and then you start to and then you dive down that road and it's not as much of like with the linear thought like read a book and it's going to describe it yeah but i find that like I'll read something and some of it resonates, some of it doesn't. So you just take what resonates yeah, and move on. And then I find that the more that I learn that there's some of these resources, like, oh, yeah, I just didn't quite, I wasn't quite there yet. I didn't quite understand it in that way. Mm. But it starts to like, be like, oh, yeah, I remember reading this book that I was like, that's kind of crazy. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, so, precisely. yeah, I didn't know what any of that was. And basically, the story of my life has been something is starting to make sense and like show or something is showing up that I can't make sense of. And then like a book falls into my lap, like somebody would be like, have you heard of this book? And mm-hmm. it'll like the thing that I was thinking about or can't make sense of is explained by that book. <laughs> so in this case, I would go to those people like the Joe Cordes and the Joe Witty and stuff like that. These mentors who are more uh, in tune with like alternative things, alternative ways of thinking about stuff. Um, but none of them could really tell me what that is, that like dense energy lifting out, replaced by light. You know, it just it sounds like a good thing, but it wasn't like, right. this is what that is. Yeah. So my current fiance, her, I was, I met her around this time and her mom has been trained. She's a Reiki master and a yoga instructor and she's gone through all the shaman training, all that kind of stuff. Um, she said, read this book. It's called Shaman Healer Sage. And it's written by Alberto Valaldo. Alberto Valaldo is a, he's a medical anthropologist. He's a educator. He's a psychologist. And he spent a lot of time in the Amazon and in the mountains learning the shamanic healing techniques, mm-hmm. uh, really immersed himself in it. Came back to America and started a school. I want to say it's called the Four Winds Institute or Four Winds Society. I can never remember, but something about the Four Winds. Mm-hmm. And the Four Winds are like the basics of opening sacred space in the shamanic traditions, like the North, South, East, and the West are the Four Winds. Yeah. So I read it. And it's describing the illumination process and the extraction process and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is describing what I'm seeing. Mm. So it's like, obviously, this is the next step. Right. But it was so far removed from anything that was considered Western, you know, Western medicine, science, that I was hesitant to learn more about it. So I was just kind of doing my thing and then learned the needling. I was like, okay, well, I can... I'll tune, I'll, I'm able to, I'll bring the chakras into it. So I would 
I would just notice like somebody had like a denser area at heart. And so I'd say, bring your attention there. And then it would get brighter Mm. or solar plexus, bring your attention there and it would get brighter in combination with all the other things like the cranial work that I'm doing or the needling and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, that was what I was doing, but it was almost, it was just like tiptoeing my way into the shamanic healing because I still do that stuff. It's just something that I don't really think about, but it was like the new thing for me at the time. And I was like, holy shit, this works. And people could feel changes. They're like, like reporting back again. It's a scientific method to explain the spiritual process. But I'm like, if I do this, then they feel this and it's, and it's reproducible, mm-hmm. you know, like I can do the, as long as you're applying the framework, it's not like you can say, put the needles in these locations and then do this manual thing and then bring their attention to the heart. And then they're going to feel this, or they're going to see this color or something like that. Mm. Um, so it doesn't, my experience is it doesn't work like that, yeah. but you know, if it looks this way, then do this and then they're it won't look that way anymore and they're going to feel a shift. Yeah. So you said like the framework has to be there. What do you mean when you say framework? Uh, I, I think in terms of framework, what I mean is like you have to be able to, to work through, like work with where the person's at. So mm. we want to start like, like the first step of the way I look at things is nervous system needs to be calmed down. So depending on, I get a lot of my cues from what the person tells me um, what their body feels like with my hands. But most of the time I'm just scanning energetically to see. And when things look a certain way, I treat them a certain way. Mm. Um, and so the framework would be that we need to get somebody relaxed enough to be open enough to be able to have this same experience. So if somebody's rigid and fighting me, they're probably not going to have like a visual experience, you know? So I'm usually like, in terms of like a rehab process or framework, it's, calm the nervous system first. If we're struggling with that, that's what we have to focus on. If you're good at that, then we're going to start talking about some of the uh, the bite-sized Feldenkrais stuff where we're going to learn how to assess your body for what's even, what's not even uh, in terms of what you can feel or what's a hard movement versus what's an easy movement. And then you're going to inform it with the easy movement and then it's going to start to feel more even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once somebody can be relaxed, get find that center, then it's like regular PT is now, now throw the regular PT in and do some stretching, do some strengthening, do some postural education. Um, and that's what I find is like the secret to treating people who are, are complex mm. is that, you know, if we do the first part first, the calm, the become aware, then all the other stuff is like, ah, well, it's just, it's like <laughs> what physical kiss. therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the chef's kiss. But yeah. And then yeah, it's like all the beautiful. things that you've ever learned as a physical therapist, use them now but there's just this other thing that we don't ever talk about. And because, and I think mm. because it's viewed as not evidence-based or something like that. Um, sure. Or so it's like, not it's, evidence-based yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the setup and the, yeah. um, the groundwork, you know, that has to happen. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's about what I mean by the framework. Cool. Um, so yeah, I remember talking with my, with my uh, mother-in-law and she was like, you should really do the, the training. Like, cause I would, I, I always have just worked on people, um, because I like to do it mm. to like friends and family and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And because I like to see what happens, you know, especially when it's like the only way that I'm getting more information yeah. is by comparing what I notice to what they notice so, and, and, and you're and figuring like out an eternally curious person. So of course yeah. you're yeah. always asking questions and exploring and practicing and yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, she was like, you should, 
just because of like the changes that she had happened, uh, she's like, you should really do the training. And I was like, I'm still in this Western framework and I'm still trying to, to stay in this Western framework. So I'm not going to do it yet. And that's what I said for a little while. Mm. And then eventually this is more like, I didn't really have a, a good thought process, but the way the timing worked out made a lot of sense. Um, so I started doing the training and it was like, yeah, it was all right. I did the first class. I was like, I don't know that I'm going to do the rest. It's whatever. So I don't know how long I waited, May- maybe a year, maybe a couple of years before I did the rest. It's the, the it's four. It's you do the north, south, the east and the west. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do the, each of the four winds um, and you do the work in each of those areas. But something got triggered after I did the south work. Um where I wasn't going to do it. South work is pretty hard work. It's like the the transformation that's represented by the serpent and it's about shedding your old skin. Mm. So who knows, maybe I need a little bit of time to let the new skin grow in. I mean, um, that's that's I'm sure all of it is quite intense, but th- that the south the, yeah. the south and the west. The south and the west really are. The west there's a lot of like your ancestral lines and the generational traumas and stuff like that mm. that you dig into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The south is more like your personal like the South is also linked up with our like brainstem and our survival and all those. So like old traumas yeah, and stuff like that. It's just, it's deep shit. Yeah. 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 But like the North, the North is more about gaining wisdom. So that's more fun. And the East is about like new destinies. And that's, that's pretty fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, my experience is it's not as heavy. It's more like magical and mystical and just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it took me a while before I did that, but whatever came over me, I think was, I think part of it was just that, the part of me that's not always thinking linearly was like, it was preparing me for COVID because I got through, I back to back to back did the, um, the West Northeast. And my practice just was changing dramatically as I went through those after I had finished another class, I took a little break and then came back. So I don't know the exact timeline, but we're coming up to to more like present. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had done this class um, that she calls walking with power that Jamie does called walking with power. And it's just about, it's an interesting thing because it's like about sorcery, which is like black magic, which it was good for me to go through that because it always sounds so like, that sounds like a scary thing and sounds like demons and all that stuff. But, you know, going through the class, I was like, Oh, it's not scary. It's just like about the darkness that lives in all of us, you know, like the mm-hmm. shadow parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at mm-hmm. um, and how that manifests itself. Like, how we can project that onto other people or we can absorb somebody else projecting that onto us. And it's like about how to energetically like make sure that you're good and you're not taking on other people's stuff and you're not giving your stuff to other people. Uh, You know, that's basically what I got out of it. Yeah. But then I I don't know, a couple months after I finished that COVID happened. Hmm. And so, so now I'm in this profession where I'm used to touching and moving and being with a person uh, to where a lot of people needed to do telehealth. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I started to lean more heavily on the shamanic work and less on the manual therapies and stuff like that. And I was nervous about starting it, but the very first person I did it with, uh, she was like, had the exact same visions that she would have in the session with me, which is another thing that we could go into. Hmm. People were just, people just started having visions like, and they were cons- similar like to the point where i could track it and say like here's the pattern of visions that people have yeah so people will usually start with nothing my eyes are closed i don't see anything and then they would start to see colors Mm -hmm. and then the colors would turn into like abstract patterns and shapes and those abstract patterns and shapes would then turn into like 
a nature scene or something like that. And then that's when we get into like a shamanic journey. I didn't know what a shamanic journey was, but people were telling me this is what I'm seeing. Yeah. And then we would like, oh, well, just follow it. Go, you know, there's this animal (laughs) came up to me and wants me to follow it. So I'm going to follow it. Yeah. So great. Let's see what happens. And then people would have these like epiphanies about themselves that they can use in their day to day life. And it was just a really amazing thing. I had no idea what it was. I was just sitting there on my laptop as they were talking me through it. And I was like, what is this animal totem supposed to mean? <laughs> what is this animal supposed to symbolize? Uh, I, I love the yeah. like the realism of that. Like, I feel like we think yeah. when somebody is facilitating these like shamanic spirit animal like type of of journeys yeah. that they're sitting in a hut on a mountain, like you know, haven't yeah. picked up a phone in ten years or whatever, yeah. and then like here you are on the other side of the screen being like, what does a giraffe mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's and, like, I, that's and I legit fantastic. had no idea. You know, I just didn't, I had no idea. It wasn't like I was, you know, like the master shaman that's trained in the jungles, you right. know, or like Alberto Valaldo. It's just like, this is something that's happening. Yeah. And it's happening a lot, you know? And this happening stuff just so much found that, you. Like, the yeah, universe yeah. was just like, here, Brandon, to figure this out. This <laughs> yeah. is the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it really, when we start talking about stuff like that, it really makes me think about like, you know, that we are a spiritual being having an earthly experience. Um, and so it's like, I, it's, it's like me, like I set myself up for this, but then it's like, I had no, it's like memory wiped. Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out and follow the clues. And mm-hmm. luckily I followed the clues and didn't write it off because of the sciencey conservative upbringing right. that I had. Yeah, so so that was all very interesting. And then once we started doing, so yeah, that was my backtrack because yeah, she had the same visions she always did. Like, what we didn't talk about any sort of visions or anything. But so this person had the same vision, and I was like, great, it's happening. I can do it. I'd received work virtually, but I wasn't convinced that I could do it. Hmm. And so that was really good for me to see that I could do it. And that was what started. That's what made me. It was. I don't know, a month later that I filed for my LLC for this, this practice that I'm, that I'm doing now, because I was like, I could do this anywhere for the rest of my life. I just need internet and a computer. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, from what I, we were talking about maybe before we were recording, is now it's just like a phone because some of these virtual platforms, um, they don't seem, I, I, it seems to go better on a phone rather than over the internet. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if um, people have their but, eyes closed anyway for most of it. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, and so I I'll use I'll use this like if somebody is like far enough away where I can't see them in person, I'll I need I like to use the virtual platform so I can see them to teach them the movements. Hmm. But the part where we're doing the calming the nervous system and the shamanic work, like they don't you know, they don't need to see me. I don't need to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just do the work. Um but when it gets more to like a, a physical therapy part of thing like training movement and that kind of stuff, then it's good to have the the video. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what I was doing uh, is the people who wanted to do telehealth, we did telehealth and I would do the shamanic work and it really helped me like COVID really helped me um, because nobody knew anything. You know, we're like, what are we supposed to do now? Nobody has any answers. So it was like, I'm going to do whatever I want because right. this is unprecedented. Yeah. And so that's that's when I started bringing in all of the tools that I just had at my house, um, like my stones and my uh, and my uh like the smudges mm. like the sage and all that mm-hmm. and and like the tuning forks and i just kind of brought it all in um actually i take that back i was still using the tuning forks and the stones and stuff but i wasn't using smudges 
and I was using music and things like that, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't burning, I wasn't burning plants in my physical therapy practice (laughs) as part of my treatment. But I said, fuck it. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Who cares? I know I was talking with my colleagues and one of them was like, you know, I don't even feel like I should even be doing this. Like, Am I, am I contributing to the spread? Because the company that had bought, the, I was working for a private company that got bought by a, um, like a, it's called Ivy Rehab. It's like a, a East Coast and they bought up a bunch of clinics in the Midwest. Hmm. And so they started to try to change everything to that like see two people at once model. Sure. Um, but we didn't have masks for so long. Yeah. Uh, our uh, clients, our, our patients were making us masks. Um <laughs> And so there was just nothing. There was not, there was like, you're essential. They decided that you're essential and we love you because you're essential. So go to work, no masks, just fucking deal with it. You know, make Mm. us the money still because we don't want to go under. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, that was about how, how that was going. Mm -hmm. And and so we were worried about like, we don't have masks, you know, should we be even doing this? And my response was just like, I asked, are you doing any spiritual work with people? Because we talked, this person was a yoga instructor. And I was like, that's what makes me know that I should be here and I should be doing this work because, you know, we're still helping facilitate healing right Mm now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just leaned into it because what else was I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I was either going to hide or or do it. But it was really, COVID was so valuable for me because then I started to see how the stuff that looks so weird oh yeah and rattling too i forgot about that i have these other tools that i'm not looking at right now but like i'd be rattling in my physical therapy (laughs) sessions and stuff like that uh i didn't i didn't ever brought the drum in that would have been something though yeah but i was using my rain stick and uh a chinta which is like for cutting energetic cords i was using all this quote-unquote weird stuff yeah um that's awesome. But yeah, and it was like, it was just amazing to see how the things worked. And it, some people who were still kind of difficult, like it just, it just went to the next level. People mm-hmm. with these complicated pains, when you looked at them spiritually and energetically, they would just start getting better. Um, and so, yeah, that, that on top of like the visions that people would have was just so remarkable. Um, because I don't, you know, I've read stuff where like these these like South American shamans that like lead ayahuasca ceremonies and stuff like that, where they're supposed supposedly like they say somebody was asking and there's this book called, I want to say it's listening, listening to ayahuasca. Hmm. Um, It's a very interesting book. It's uh, somebody who's doing like clinical research on the effects of ayahuasca ceremonies Mm -hmm. with people. Um, But anyway, so she asked the shaman after she was like, can you see what I see? He was like, Oh yes. And she was like, can I see what you see? And he was like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've never had that where I'm like, I know what they're experiencing. Mm. I often ask them to, to share with me if, it's, if they can stay in their experience and share with me to share with me. And then it's, there's also times where I'm noticing more than they are in that spiritual realm. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm still evolving with regard to and, and will be until until this life is over right um, we are all always evolving i think yeah hopefully yeah uh, hopefully we don't you know you see so many people that settle into ruts too yeah like it's like well i got my job i got married and i had my kids so right this is this is it for me yeah <laughs> until we're all the way done i don't really but, think yeah. that's living you know yeah agreed agreed um but yeah so that kind of brings us to now um and so 
having my own practice has been super valuable because I can, I'm not having to answer to somebody else. So stress goes way down. There was the immediate stress of, am I going to be able to pay my bills and make it? Mm -hmm. Um, because the, the deal I hate, I mean, I hated where I was working after they got taken over by that other company, hated it. But she has told me you're not allowed to quit. Um, cause she's going to be finished with veterinary school in May. Okay. So she's like, when I graduate, you can quit. Okay. And then, cause we just need some income. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, but you can get fired. I'm okay. If you get fired, <laughs> I think probably just because of the unemployment, especially with the COVID unemployment, you're sure. getting more. Yeah. Michigan gives you nothing for unemployment. Mm. Um, so that's what ended up happening. Um, I just told him no a lot. You know, I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing what you say mm-hmm. um, because I, I have autonomy and I know what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, these people had no idea about treatment of chronic pain. They were like, all PT is PT. Put them on the exercise bike, put them on the machines. You know, maybe you can do a little manual work. Yeah. And it was just like, nobody's listening to me. It's like, you don't listen to me. Why do I listen to you? Right. Um, so anyway, so I, and then I ended up getting fired because I think it's because I told them no a lot. Um, but that's not really, maybe insubordination is grounds, but I had started this company and had the website and was developing like my practice and my time off. Like I was like, I'm not going to work as much for you anymore. And then develop my own practice. And they're like, well, you have your own practice. So you're fired. And I was like, thank you for this gift of unemployment while, <laughs> while I try to make this other thing work for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. So now I'm not on unemployment anymore and I can pay my bills and I have enough free time and bills paid to be able to think of what else I want to do, uh, which is we've mentioned the uh, working with this nonprofit to be able to get care to people who who really need it. Um, and they have such a strong like foothold in the community already. I uh, And they're nonprofits and they're used to getting grants. And so I, I'm really excited to work with these guys to be able to see to be able to take what I'm describing to you and be able to help people who can't necessarily get to it because they don't have insurance or they don't have income uh, to be able to find the healing that their, their body is desperately telling them that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing that I'm excited about is the NIH funding, uh, making a priority to fund innovative therapies and technologies for the treatment non-addictive treatments for chronic pain because mm-hmm. of this opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited because I've been working on for a couple of years, like here and there, I've been working on how to teach this stuff to people and mm-hmm. putting my, putting some thoughts into that. Um, and so I've been working on that and I'm like, well, this might be a good avenue because if we can get funding for that, then I can focus more on it and not have to focus so much on treating people to make sure that I'm paying my bills. Yeah. And then, that's how you reach more people, you know, if we can educate people and get, take these techniques uh, to where they live and then they can teach people like that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's, that brings us to here. And now I'm talking to you. <laughs> that is, I just think your whole story is really cool. I mean, sort of like I've, I've mentioned throughout your curiosity and openness and just like following and trusting these things that are showing up for you. Um, and you're like, okay, here I am. I'm learning this thing. Like, let's use it. And then you're like, oh my God, this thing works too. And, (laughs) um, I know like it feels very natural for you, but it seems like you're just like, well, I don't know. 
that's just how I am. I don't know how to do it any other way. Um, but I think it really is quite unique. So I just wanted to to call that out. But um, well, I appreciate you saying that. But yeah. I also would like to share for anybody listening. It's just like, oh, it's just so easy. It's not. Uh, there's so much doubt. But it's like what you're just what you just described and makes me sound so so <laughs> makes me sound good. Uh, <laughs> is I just haven't been talking about like the doubt that comes in, you know, mm. and it takes a certain amount of like, like <sighs> suck it up because this is what feels like the right thing, even though it's so contrary to like the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely have wrestled with that. And I, you, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've had people who are like my superiors or believe themselves to be my superiors say, stop it. This is not okay. Don't do it this way. I've had people say this is bad physical therapy. And that's not even the shamanic stuff. That's just like the osteopathic manual manipulation. Yeah. You know? Uh, so there's a people like in the acupressure, like that's ridiculous and all that kind of stuff. So um, I've definitely struggled with that. And there's been a lot of anger and the emotional turmoil that's come along with it. But through those things, it's taken that little bit of faith. And it's, and it's also uh, a way for, that I've developed faith mm. um, by, by, being like, this is what seems right. Like, what am I going to choose? Am I going to, um, there's a, one of the decks, Alberto Valdo has a, uh, Oracle deck of cards like tarot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you use those or not, Yeah. but there's an Eagle card. And one of them says like, are you, are you going to settle for being locked in the chicken coop or are you going to spread your wings and fly like an Eagle? Mm. And there was a lot of that wrestling because it's the safety and security of the system that we have set up in our society really makes it a lot easier for you to just, well, it's a lot less easy now, I think, as society's evolving, uh, because people uh, aren't getting paid enough to live. So it's a lot easier to be like, well, fuck it, I'm not going to do that. It's not actually safe and secure. But, you know, having gone to school for a long time and having a job that can pay the bills is, is uh, feels safe and feels secure. And it's hard to leave that behind for something that's unknown. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely did have to struggle with being able to like let go of what like that linear thinking that logical mind says don't do this because it's unsafe and trust that it it will in fact be safe and that like like with jill bolte taylor's hemisphere left hemisphere was gone and just realize that in the end it's all love and and it's gonna be okay um that it's that's just how i've had to learn it because there is struggle and there is strife um but I'm happy that this is the direction I'm going instead of giving in to the fear that, that I could have given into uh, many, many times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the question that I want to ask, and I don't know how this will translate, is um, this process and all of the work and struggle that is a part of it, you know, like work with a capital W, um, mm. how does that translate into the work that you do with people now because there's no way that's not a part of it in some way uh, i think that's an excellent question let me take a second yeah um so the work that i just described well i mean all, here, like, this is probably the best answer yeah go for it yeah like the personal growth part that's that's what you mean is like the personal growth that i'm just describing like going through that how does that show up in the work that i do with with a client yeah um well for me i see I see the people that end up in front of me as, especially now that I'm narrowed down more and I'm not just trying to see as many people as I can to be able to bill insurances and, and make somebody else as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. So I've set myself up where I'm not going to see more than, more than four or five people a day mm-hmm. and often less than that. 
Um, and so the people that end up in front of me and find me are, I'm healing like through these interactions with them. I find that I have my own personal growth that occurs, but also a lot of the things that they're struggling with are things that I have struggled with. So I can tell them, here's my story and here's what happened for me. And maybe, you know, sometimes people are like, eh, no, and it's like, well, that's great. But, you know, sometimes people find a lot of value and say, I've been there and this is how it went for me. So here's maybe something to try. Um, so I have a lot of people, a lot more people now who are actually interested in like spiritual growth. People still find me because of pain. Um, but, you know, we always end up talking about, because we're dealing with mind, body, and spirit when we're doing this work, whether you came because of your your spirit or your body um, or whatever. Uh, we're, we end up talking about all of it because it shows up as you start to strip down the guarding patterns uh, and, and people feel, start to feel comfortable. They'll talk about whatever's going on. Um, and that's the best I can do. You know, I had my, I had a significant amount of trauma uh, as a child. And so I know what it was like to be unaware of that trauma um, and to just be acting it out for years and years. Um, and then what it's like to face it and heal it and then take on a new phase of life and new challenges. And so that's what I find most people are that are struggling with health related things that would come to see somebody like me. Um, they are typically, there's typically some amount of trauma and the people usually think about trauma as a, well, I was kidnapped and raped and beaten and stuff like that. You know, I have people say, well, I never had anything like that, but you know, were you fed every time that you needed to be fed as a, as an infant, when you depend on somebody else, were you held every time you needed some love, you know, those types of things, those are traumatic. They teach us that the world's not safe and they add up. Uh, and they compound. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that people have usually had a fair amount of trauma, whether depending on what your definition is. Um, and it's our lack of ability to, to see, address and treat that trauma that keeps people at, uh, in this state of a medical mystery. Um, and that's what I see. That's just what I see from, from years of working in the Western system. And seeing the changes that happen when we can start to add a spiritual element to the physical care mm -hmm. uh, that we're delivering. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but I also work with a lot of mental health professionals because, I mean, I know what I don't know. And I don't know, I don't know all the stuff that they know. So I like, I like to work with people who are spiritually aware and then they can do their, come from the mind towards the body and I'll come from the body towards the mind. And then we can, we can all work nicely together. But so I work with a lot of trauma-informed therapists mm -hmm. that do excellent work. Um, and so, but that's what I think is if we can, uh, if we can say that there's things that not everything has been perfect in my life and I'm willing to look at the, the things that weren't perfect and how they still affect me to this day, and then we can heal those things. Um, that's how the work that we've been talking about that I've done for myself will start to show up with my clients is just being open and sharing those things. And, um, and then hopefully that lands and it resonates and they can make something they can take that and and take their next step or feel strong or i can impart some amount of strength that i've gained through this and they they can take that with them and and be strong to face the things that maybe are hard to face mm -hmm. yeah i think that's that's really well put that's really well put and um i think i'd like to wrap it up there one, because I feel Sounds like fine. that's sort of a, a nice conclusion point, and also because my computer is going to die. 
<laughs> it's it's perfect. I don't really have much else to say. I don't think. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I think it's a good time to wrap up. I think that I think it's fantastic. Um, I think the the work that you're doing and the stuff that you've modeled is is inspirational. Like I I find it inspirational as as I'm looking into my future and um, thinking about what is next for me. And I I don't know if we discussed this previously, but I just started a health coach training program. So. Mm-mm. That's kind of my my That's next awesome. thing, and perhaps we'll chat about that next time. But yeah, so just awesome. thank you for for spending this time with me, talking about all of this, and doing the work that you're doing. Um, we will. I'll get all of the names of the people you mentioned, and the books, and the websites, and and all of that. So we'll have a nice long list of resources for people um, in the blog post that'll go with this. And um, if anybody. Who's listening to this anywhere in the world, right, <laughs> wants to work with you, um, we'll have your website linked as well so they can find you. That sounds great. I appreciate all the kind words. You're very thoughtful. Um, I appreciate being on this and I've enjoyed uh, being able to talk with you or talk at you most of the time, but <laughs> it's, been, it's been nice. Yeah. Fantastic. I've enjoyed it as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. You can find all the links to the things we spoke about in the show notes. And if you want to check out Brandon and his practice, be sure to head to his website, stepforwardwellness.org, also linked in the show notes. As always, this podcast is made possible by Free Range Psychiatry. You can check us out at freerange.org. And if you have questions, thoughts, or feedback that you want to share with us, ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. You can send me an email at danny at freerange.org or message me on Instagram at Psychiatria Podcast. And remember, if you like what you heard, follow us on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word so that others can learn about true soul healing. All right, dear listeners, stay curious, take care, and I'll catch you next time.